have a question for you guys. Do you guys pray for your preachers? Yeah. Like during the week, because I, I know I got a text from Marcus this morning, today. That's awesome. Now the thing about it is, like, you know, during the week, we are praying, well, actually more than a week, maybe, you know, a month, sometimes three weeks. We are praying for the word. We are praying for the church. We are constantly praying for you guys. And so the best thing that you can do to, to be able to, um, to encourage the preachers is pray for them. That Jehovah God, that God continues to cover them. And not just that, but the enemy doesn't steal their peace or any of that stuff, right? And so even as we preach, make sure that you're praying for us because we need those prayers, right? Amen? Amen. Amen. At least I know I need them. I know, Pastor Jay, you need them? Yeah, so, okay, perfect. <laughs> All right, so today we're going to be going through the book of Romans. Uh, we are continuing from Romans 1. Uh, Pastor Christo did an amazing message last uh, Wednesday. So if you guys haven't listened to that, you should definitely go back and listen to it. And so we'll carry on from verse 26 to 32. But actually before, and I know I didn't give you this, Shelly, before I do that, I'll read 25 so you can get the contents of the 26. So the people, they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the created creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why, because they traded that, that is why God abandoned them to their sinful desire even the women turned against their natural way of having sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relationship with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of the sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty of they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that they should never have done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They were backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invented new ways of sinning, and they disobeyed their parents. I like the disobeying parents, and included in that for kids and all of us, right? They refuse to understand, break, uh, they refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, they have no mercy. They know, God justice, they, they know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. You know, we were talking with Eva about this message and actually just reading that vibe of us, I can just dismiss you guys and you can go home and watch news. Right? Not for entertainment, but to watch the news to see what's going on. Because all these things, that's exactly what. And, and it's not interesting, but it's scary that so many years ago, that was written, and now we are back to the same place. So I'm going to start with 1 Corinthians 6, 15, 19 says, uh, Do you not know that, the bodies, that, that, that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of Harlot? Certainly not. Or do you know that he who is joined with the Harlot is in, is in one body with her? For the, for the two, he says, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is a spirit with him. Free sexual immorality, every sin that a man does outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not on your own? So as we go through this Bible verse here, I want you to remember that. That once you are, you are a, you, as a Christian, you are tied to Christ. 
And so if you defile yourself, Christ is not going to be part of you. Right? Because he is holy. Like we sang today, holy, holy, holy are you. So, so let's go. Let's see. So what is, what, is, what is Paul talking about? He's saying that God abandoned these people when they started to do vile things and disregarding things with each other's body. And that's homosexuality and all the things that we're doing. And when you think about it, when we read the Bible verse, you know, something like that, we say God abandoned, you know, like how you left somebody when you're driving somewhere. Right? Or you abandon something. It's, it's just that, just casual in the word, right? But when you think about being abandoned by God, what does that look like? That's scary, right? Because really, if you, God is like, you know what? I am done with you. That's it. I'm done with you. I want to do nothing with you. I created you. I looked at you and I said, you're wonderful and beautifully made. I, I clothed you and I put all those amazing things in you. And now I am done with you. I don't want to do, I don't want nothing to do with you. That's a scary part. Because in John 15, 5, says, I am the vine, you are the branch, and he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So even when we feel or uh, we see the world doing what they are doing, basically it comes down to nothing. Because without Christ, we can do anything. Right? So Paul continues to say that women start having sexual with other women from their natural way. I love that natural way because nowadays with the community and the things that we are in the country, they change things whichever way they want to put it. Natural way is natural way. There is no sugar coating. There is nothing. Natural way is natural way. And so no matter how you want to do put prefix or whatever you want to put it, natural way is the God way and that's the natural way. Men, instead of having desires for women, the natural way they started burning for lust for each other, which is unnatural. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserve. As a community, as a country, as a, as a world, that's what we are seeing. The more we become sinful, the more we are suffering. And that's it. You see in the Bible back in, back in the Israelites, they will follow God and they will do all that God wants them to do. But the minute they start walking away from God, what would happen? There will be sickness, there will be death, there will be destruction, there will be all those things. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means that when he destroyed them, when he allowed those things that are going on in, the commu- in their community, he does the same thing for us. But then we justify it as something else. Romans 1.28 says, And so, since they did not see fit to acknowledge God or approve of Him or consider Him worth of knowing, God gave them over to a base and condemning mind to do things not proper or decent but loathsome until they were filled, permeated, and saturated with every kind of unrighteousness. Think about it. Permeated and saturated. You take a sponge and you put all the water you can and it's permeated and saturated that is just dripping out. And that's the word picture God is saying that it got to a point where because of what they did, their natural way, that I gave them over to their sin, that the sins became so much that it was just seeping out. God gave them chastness, but they refused to acknowledge and consider. And the thing is, Paul is talking to the Christian church too. The Bible is written, and there's a verse we'll talk, we'll talk about down here, where it says, you still can communicate with, with people who are outside who don't know Christ, but this is for you guys who are in the church. 
Romans 1.20 says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So they they are without excuse. I love that because there is no way we can say there is not a God. It doesn't matter what happens. There is no way you can say there is a God. We didn't, we didn't get ourselves up, uh, up this morning. We didn't give ourselves bread. We didn't give ourselves the, the thrill to come over here. All those things are God-given. And if you go out there, when you see the plants, when you see life, when you see the skies, when you see whatever you see, you will know that there is God. Amen. We just came from Yellowstone. And if you, how many people have gone to Yellowstone? It's beautiful. And one of the things, like as we are out there, you're looking and you're seeing the, the water come up and you're thinking that it's boiling and they're like, oh, no, it's part of the gases that are blowing up there. So I'm watching there and we are walking around and there's little springs here and there and I'm like, how does God decide which one is going to blow off? Right? <laughs> right? And then, because basically the God says that he let the sea come all the way to the end, right? So even with this, if he can control the sea and it's bigger than those, those springs, I know he can do more than that. So I'm like, Lord, are we okay? Can I continue walking through this way? Right? <laughs> the human race refused to acknowledge God. Today, we have refused to acknowledge God. We trust science more than we trust God. Right. Everywhere you see. There is always a reason. Yes, I understand that we are creatures of reason and that's okay. But if we don't invert to going back to Christ, we are always going to come with a reason that's worldly. They sinned against the body of Christ, the body that God created. Each being male and female and said it was good. But because of this sin, these sins of the unnatural way, then it gave birth to wickedness covertness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They, they are worshippers, they are back-worshippers, back-backbiters, haters of God, violence, proud, boasting, investors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiveness. My title today is Unrestrained because when we are unrestrained by the word of God, when we are unrestrained by the things of God, those are the things that we grow. It starts out with one thing, but then before long, there is a list of 50, 20, 100, 200 things that we continue. And I see in our lives that, you know, it's almost like when you are not doing well in one area of your life because you've abandoned God, then you're not going to be doing good in all the other areas of your life, no matter what happens. The writer concludes that these people knew righteous, righteous judgment of God than those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only to, to do the same, but also approve those who practice them. And we're going to talk about that, where it's not only those who are practicing, but even we who are approving those things, we deserve the same penalty. So that was the introduction. My first point is, God is holy. I love when the songs uh, match with the word of God. You're like, yes, Lord, let's go. Because the thing is, think about it. You guys sang God is holy, 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 right? And I come over here and I preach about God being holy, 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 right? Um, if I convince you that, I'm not really convincing you because you've already declared that God is holy. So I'm just confirming what you guys have said. You've said God is holy. So if this word speaks to you in a way, just know that when you sang, you said God is holy. So you're convicting yourself. I like it. All right, moving forward. <laughs> 
So God is holy. And I think the biggest thing with our lives is we get carried away by the detail and we forget why God is holy. We forget, because you think about it, and, and I spoke a little bit for those who, guys, who, I, who are here on Monday Night Prayer. Um, I spoke some of these Bible, Bible verses. It's not time for you guys to sleep. We're still going to go over them. Um, but we had an amazing time with God, and so we spoke about the reason why we forget that God is holy. When you think about it, it's very, very easy. We, are, we were in the Garden of Eden. Things were great. We were doing very well, right? Then sin came in. When sin came in, we were separated from God. When we were separated from God, then guess what? Jesus came to redeem us. So he died on the cross, and then we were given a chance to be in relationship with God. God is holy. And his idea was so we can spend time with him and we can have a relationship with him. But then we walked away from all those things, and now Jesus has come as the mediator of those, the, the in-between. So what am I saying? If you are, don't end up being holy, you are not going to see God. And we might come here and worship. We might come here and say, be a good neighbor. You can, you can be the best person that you can ever be. But if you are not holy, you will not see God. And he's like, well, but I, want, but I, need, to, I need my marriage to be good. Oh, I need my relationship to be good. I need my work to be good. Those are great things. And even if those things are amazing, if you do not have a relationship with God where you are holy, guess what? You will not see God. Well, but pastor, let me ask you, what if I, I'm helping and the Bible says that I should be good to my neighbor, I should love my, neighbor, my, my brother, I should, you know, go, walk an extra mile. Yes, those things are good. But the thing is, God is holy and he needs us to be holy in order for us to commune with him. I believe that the issue is not necessarily the sin like homosexuality or all those things. I, I believe that there is a bigger issue and that bigger issue is we've forgotten that God is holy. Because if we know for sure that God is holy, his word is holy. And if he says, don't do this, don't do that, then we will listen to God and we will revere him so we are not going to be carried by that sin. And I know that today we are talking about, you know, the homosexuality and all those things, but even all the other sins can lead to the same place that it can create those 50 and 60 sins that continue because we've forgotten that God is holy. First Samuel 2, 2, it says, No one is holy like God, for there is none beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. There is nobody else holy but Him. Exodus 15, 11 says, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods, who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praise, doing wonders. That's our God. Isaiah 6:33. In the year of King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and training his robe filled with temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings, which with two have covered their face, and he had and two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. So when we think that we can continue to live the life the way we live and doing the things that we do, and then we're going to go before God one day and say, hey, allow me because of all these things I'm doing, and you find the cerebrums and all those and all the people saying, holy, 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 what makes you think you're going to be allowed in heaven? 
Because when Paul is talking to the church, he's saying, listen, this is the goal for us to see God and to, be, to spend time with God. But if you allow these things in your life, if you continue to encourage these things and you continue to do these things, you will not make it to heaven. Psalms 22, 3 says, You are holy and thrown in the praise of Israel. First Peter 1, 16 says, Because it's written, Be holy, for I am holy. Because you might say, God is holy, yes, what about me? He's saying, be, be holy because I am holy. That is a call for you to be holy. We are called to be holy so we can have a relationship with God. 2 Corinthians 7, 1 says, Therefore, since these are great promises, since these promises are ours, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that contaminates and defiles body and spirit and bring concentration to completeness in reverential fear of God. 1 Peter 1, 15, 16 says, But as the one who called you is holy, you yourself also be holy in all your conduct and manner of living. For it's written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. That is you. You, God is calling you and saying, you need to be holy, and it's possible for you to be holy. Hebrews 12:14 says, Strive to live in peace with everybody and pursue that creation and holiness without which one no one will ever see God. So no matter what happens, if we don't strive to be holy, we will never see God. Ephesians 5, 3, 4, it says, But among you there must be no even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed because these are improper for, the, for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, and coarse joking which are, among, which are out of place but other thanksgiving. And I like those things because we ignore those things. We look at the bigger, yeah, sexual immorality, that's bad, 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 right? But it's talking about foolish talk. It's talking about cost joking. It's talking about when we curse, when we substitute words in order for them not to sound like curses, but they really are curses. It's talking about foolish things that don't benefit us and they don't lead us to Christ. Because those things are the things that takes away, takes us away from the holiness of God. Romans 12:1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg you, in the view of all the masses of God, to make decisive decisions, or, uh, decisive de- decisions, dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service and spiritual worship. It's your reasonable. It's not, God is not saying that you presenting yourself holy is something outside things that you can do. He's saying this is your reasonable service. Means that it is possible. And if the world is trying to tell you different, that is not true because the word of God is true. It's saying this is your reasonable service, meaning that you too can attain that holiness. Are you guys with me? Second point is sin is all around us. Pastor Crystal preached and said we need to be aware and stay alert because sin is all around us. Sin begins when we deliberately shut God out of our lives. It becomes entrenched when God gives us over to a depraved spiritual and fit mind. So basically that's saying that sin is all around us, but sin doesn't come and just enters you. You have to allow it in your life. When we deliberately shut God out of our life. And that's what I see now nowadays. 
We are shutting God from, we already succeeded in shutting God of the schools, out of the businesses and all those things. And now he is, the enemy is pushing us to shut God of our homes and our church. We have to make sure that as much as seeing when we are deliber- deliberately shut God, we have to be deliberate about allowing God in our lives and every part of our lives. We have all sinned and come short of God's glory. And if we are not restrained by the word of God, if we are out there just unrestrained, we will fall into sin. Yes, there is mercy and grace, but we do not abuse this because that's our reasonable service to seek God. I don't have to convince you that sin is all around us, do I? All right. Well, I would have moved on to the next point, but since you guys didn't answer all of you. um, So I'm not going to say by a show of hand. But when you think about sin, it's very interesting how we easily just maneuver to anything. And one of the things is, who here usually does the exact speed limit? Never anything over. Maybe Gabe. Anybody else? (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Todd. That's awesome. (laughs) So um, my wife and my kids, Alex and Gianna, we went to um, to Montana, uh, to Yellowstone. And it's interesting because as we drove, you see the speed limit go to like 60, and so you tell yourself, I'm okay with 65, right? My people, right? Right? So, I'm up here, so I might just be conservative, right? (laughs) So, 70, right? So, you you had... (laughs) Yeah. So, so you you push that nine because you don't want to jump into the next one, right? But let me ask you a question. How come if you are comfortable at 60, well, the speed limit is 60, you are comfortable at 69, when the speed limit changes to 70, how come you guys are going to 79? (laughs) Sinful people. (laughs) Right? Like, think about it. And the reason why I thought about it is because we were driving a little bit fast, right? And so what happened is uh, there was, we are doing 60, I'm tired, I have excuses and all those things, right? And uh, Alex is behind me, he's, he's just rich, you know, trying to catch up with me. And then the speed lead started from 60, and then it went to 70, and I was like, perfect, we can do 90, right? <laughs> so as we went... You know, anyway, long story short, we'll tell you about it. We got stopped, but then we, got a t- we didn't get a ticket. We got a warning. Anyway, that's not the point. Um, <laughs> but my point is, at that moment there, it was very clear that our nature is being pulled by sin no matter what happened. It's a small thing, but it's so easy for, well, I'm only watching one episode. I mean, I can watch two episodes. Oh, they are, they are three-quarter dressed. I mean, if they are three-quarter dressed, I'm watching that. I, I can do half, half, half dressed, right? Oh, I can go to that place and just take one bottle, but, you know, it's, it's going to be okay, right? Oh, I'm just flooding with her. I'm just flooding with him. It's, it's going to be okay. But then before long, we are, we are driving 60. Now we are doing 90, right? And so I can't really try to not convince you that sin is all around us. And the thing is, if we do not restrain and keep that speed where we are supposed to, we're going to end up even worse, not just getting a ticket, but losing our life. If we don't, get, if we don't stay checked, we'll easily be separated from God. We will. We will. People think that sin will bring them fulfillment and happiness. It may feel good for a short time, but God has designed his moral laws that, that if we break them individually or in a society, we get uh, and cast them off collectively, those laws turn around and break you. Yeah. 
So if we do not have those restraints, those laws that God has put in will break you. In my case, it was a warning ticket, but when it comes to God, it's more dire consequences than those. See, God shows his judgment in, if you read, if you read Romans 1, 24, 26, and 28, he, he shows his judgment three times by stating, God gave them over. First, he gave them over to impurities. Second, he gave them over to degrading passions of homosexuality. That, he gave them over to their deprived mind, expressing all sort of social destructive sin. Yeah. So when they started, started just an impurities. Then he went to homosexuality. Then their deprived mind, and they came out with all ways of sinning. He also says that they are haters of God. This is the one time directly aimed at God, not, that, not, not at any other. He says God, they, they look at God and say he's a barrier between them and their pleasures. And God is out to spoil their fun. And that's what's happening nowadays. I am this way. I was born this way because I don't care what God says. Now I don't want to hear about that God because he is spoiling my fun. He's spoiling the things that I want to do. My third point is this. Unrestrained, we can act according to the desires of our body. James 1.14 says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be cannot cannot be tempted. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He Himself tempt anyone. But each one of you is tempted when He is drawn away by His own desire and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. Sodom, when men wanted to, uh, Sodom, when men wanted to have sex, sex with angels. Genesis uh, 19, 19.1.11 says, and I'll read that because in this case it's Sodom. I think that's tied to the thing. That's why I read that last part. But you're, you're following. Um, so what happened with this is Sodom, you guys know Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. What, what do you guys know? That it burnt, right? Yeah. So let's read a little bit about that before, before the fire came. And we're going to read in, the, in Genesis 19. Verse 1 to 11. Now the two angels came to Sodom. They were sent so they can come destroy, destroy um, they can come and destroy Sodom. Now two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself in the face towards the ground. And he said, Hear now, my Lord, please. Turn into your servant house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then, then you may rise up early and go on your way. And they said, no, but we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly, so they turned to him and entered his house. Then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, aren't you together? Old and young. All the people from every quarter surrounded the, people, the house. All the people. And they called to Lord and said to me to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so we may know them carnally, so we can have sexual relationship with them. So then Lord 
went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind me and said, Please, my brother, do not be so wicked. See, now I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please, let me bring them out to you, and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason, this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. And they said, Stand back. Then they said, This one, come, this one, come in and stay here. And he kept acting as judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed against the man, the man Lord, and came near to break down the door. But the men reached out their hand and pulled Lord into the house with them and shut. And they stuck these men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great. So they became weary trying to find the door. Why do I read that story? Because it shows you the depravity of our mind when we let it be go unrestrained. You might look at that and say that was happening then. But guess what? Those things are continuing to happen. Today you might just be looking at it on the, on the, on the, on the TV and saying how dear them, what are they doing? But you know what? It might be very real when they are knocking on your door and trying to push you so then they can advance their own ways towards your family and the friends that come in. That's what happens when we are unrestrained. That's what happens to the mind when we get restrained. Unrestrained, we end up doing very detestable things. And yes, it might not be, you know, um, the, the, uh, trying to sleep with men. It might not be trying to sleep with women. It might be even worse. But we have to allow God to restrain us. Le- Leviticus 18.22 says, You shall not lie with a male or as a woman. It's an abomination. Leviticus 20.13 says, If a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed a- an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. If a man marries a woman and her mother, it is, it is weakened. They shall be burned with fire, both he and they, that they may be no weakness among you. That's how seriously a holy God takes these things. Nowadays, it's okay. That's how you are born. It's okay. Continue to express yourself. Do what thing. But is God really sharing that reasoning with us? Is God really reasoning that way? Because if he's saying, if these people behave that way, they need to be burned. What do you think God is saying? They are not going to see him. He's a holy God. Judges 19, 22, 23, another story. And that's an, if you go, this is your homework. Last time I gave you guys homework, half of you did it. Judges 19, 22, 23 is another story of men wanting to break down and sleep with visitors. And the Bible says that we read the Bible verse, it says, not only were they older people, but even the young. So not only are we corrupting the people who are in our age, but we are corrupting the younger generation as well. It says everybody in the village came. Think about how deprived that is. My last point is this. No sidelines. Romans 1.32 says, Though they were fully aware of God's righteousness decree, that those who do such things deserve to die, they not only do themselves, but approve and applaud those who practice them. We already know the word of God, but we choose not to listen. We accommodate sin and we turn the other eye. We judge them, but we don't judge ourselves. By understanding that we are sinful and we're going to get the same penalty as those who are practicing these things. We watch shows with gay couples and we are happy with that. We encourage them and we share our friends and we tell them. How is that different from the Bible saying that you encourage and do the same thing? I didn't write it. It's in here. See? 
uh, it says, uh, those who approve and applaud others who practice it, they are the same way that they do. We are okay with teaching our kids this. And our kids will carry our legacy thinking that it's okay and they're going to turn away from the Bible. Matthew 18.6.7 says, But whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it will be better for him if a milestone was hung around the neck and he was drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For offenses must come, but woe to the man whom the offense come. That's a warning. As we continue to teach our kids these things, woe unto you. God is saying it's better for you to have a rock tied around your neck and thrown in a lake than to deceive one of these kids. What are we doing when we allow them to hear our conversation, see, watch things on TV that are not of God? What is happening when you're giving them tablets and every commercial is about give this and give that? What are we doing? Yes, we can't claim ignorance. The Bible says we cannot claim ignorance. America, we are under judgment and we can't ignore it. For us, we fear we will lose our friends and family if we oppose social acceptance and uh, we, we oppose socially accepted and celebrated sins such as sexual immorality and pride. So we can cowardly and unbiblically things like, it's not my place to judge. That's allowing fear to stop you, from, to, uh, that's allowing fear of men stop you from doing the will of God. We fear we'll be ostracized by society and we don't bow down to ever changing social justice cause so, to, so we perverse God's love and justice to conform to man's ideology. That's allowing fear of man to stop you from walking according to the God's work. That's what we are doing. We just, we are bending to the social norm and continue to do this. First Corinthians 5.10, it says, I wrote to you in the epistles not to keep company of sexual immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with sexual immoral people of the world or with convertness, extortion, idolatry. Since then, you would need to go out there to the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anybody named brother who is sexually immoral, covert, idolatry, reviver, drunkard, and any extortioner, not even to eat with such people. Yes, we need to go out there and talk to these people, but it doesn't mean that we sit down with it. But if we have our brothers and sisters who are doing these things, you are told not to commune with them because they already know the word of God, but then they continue to walk away from the word of God. In conclusion, I have good news for you. Jesus came to deliver us from sin. Paul actually includes homosexuals in Corinth when he wrote in 1 Corinthians 6.11, Such were some of you, but you were washed, but, but you were sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Christ, Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God. There is hope. God doesn't say, I will leave you because you've committed that sin against the body, which is against me. I love you. And I want to, if you turn away from your sin, you too can be saved. Russ. That can be your testimony today. Our God is holy. Our God is holy. And yes, there are things that He detests. But even those small things that we ignore, they will keep us from Him because He is holy and He's not going to taint Himself. Let's stand up. Father, in the name of Jesus, we worship you today, God. We thank you, O King of Glory, Father, because you've written everything down for us, O God. So, Father, we cannot claim ignorance whatsoever, O God. 
I thank you, Father, because you've spoken to us today, God, and reminded us, Lord, that you are holy, God. And, Father, you are so holy that you went to the extent, Father, of giving you a son to die so then that way we can keep, we can have a relationship with you, but only when we've been washed by the blood of Jesus and become holy. God, I pray, mighty King of glory, God, that you may quiet the noise of the enemies trying to justify or trying to say things, Father, that the word of God doesn't say, Lord. I pray for your congregation, O King of Glory, God, that they will be strong, Father, to stand up for what is true, no matter the pressure or the the persecution or whatever might come, O King of Glory, God, because, Lord, you tell us in these walls there will be trouble, but you, Lord, you have overcome. So, God, if you have overcome and your spirit that raised you from the dead is in us, O God, I too believe, Father, that we too can overcome, O God, because those are your promises, Father, and your word is true, God. So I pray, my dear King of glory, God, that this message, Lord, it doesn't dampen us, God, but it charges us, Father, to move forward, Lord, and know, Jehovah God, the mighty King of glory, your word is backing us and giving us the truth, O God, so we can continue to walk in your spirit, O God. Father, any areas of our life, Father, where we are, we are walking away from your holiness, O God, we pray that you may forgive us, God, and restore us, O King of glory, God. I pray, Jehovah God, that you may shine a light in those areas of our life, God. That, Jehovah God, are bound to move us away from your holiness, O God. But, Jehovah God, I pray, Lord, that you may encourage us, O God. That those things that we are doing, mighty King of glory, that are bringing us to you, God. That, Jehovah God, they might be even more so, Father, in our heart, that we may desire them. And, God, we may love you and continue to seek you, mighty King of glory, God. I pray, mighty King of glory, for your people. I pray, Jehovah God, for cleansing. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, have a good day. Go get your kids. See you Sunday. Hey, we want to thank you so much for being online with us today. I want to remind you, if you're not a follower on Facebook, please like our page on YouTube. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Tell all your friends. Continue to watch online. We thank you for watching. We love you so much. Have a great day.